Hello and welcome to the Compatible You podcast, where we speak weekly about all things women's health in an attempt to break down the stigma of what makes us us. I'm feeling a lot better this weekend, so I thought I would give this episode a crack. Still a little bit croaky on the um, voice front, so I hope you can bear with me as I bring you this week's episode. So a strong focus of my coaching is around bringing awareness to fertility. And I love looking at all those different areas um, of someone's health that can have different effects on someone's fertility. You know, this can include things like nutrition, like stress management, and, you know, diving into the ways our body can actually tell us that our fertility window is open. I think when it comes to fertility awareness, it's like extremely common for people's minds to be taken straight to the physical things we can be doing to improve our chances of conception. You know, we're told what we need to be eating, what we need to be drinking, what we shouldn't be doing, etc. all those kinds of things. And look, 100%, the physical things we can be doing is damn important. However, when it comes to my specific fertility coaching, I really aim to bring awareness to the more, I guess, like emotional um, and the mental health areas um, which may affect our fertility rather than just dismissing, you know, other areas of our health to focus solely on the physical things we can be doing. So when I was setting out this week's topic, I wanted to explore an area of fertility with you all, which I think is probably one of the most important areas of fertility to be aware of. It's a topic that is often a bit, I guess, awkward to talk about and there is a lot of um, shame around talking about it due to, I think, you know, the misconceptions about what the word actually means. And this is a topic of intimacy. So when I'm talking about intimacy, I'm specifically talking about the intimacy with your partner during your fertility journey. When I looked at why intimacy was hard to talk about... I think it really comes down to the fact that, you know, when people hear the word intimacy, their minds are often drawn straight to the physical act of sex. You know, being intimate is just about having sex. And, you know, when we have our minds taken there, you realise that sex is, you know, a very taboo topic to talk about at the best of times. This is because, you know, it's often a very personal and a very private topic that people feel like they aren't able to talk about openly or they may be judged for talking about it. I guess the purpose of this episode is to, one, bring awareness to trying to look at intimacy away from just being about sex. Because I think by exploring what intimacy can mean, it will allow people to hopefully not feel so awkward about bringing up intimacy with their partners or their friends or their family for support in that area. Um, You know, I'm hoping that you'll be able to see how important strong intimacy is during your life you know, not only throughout your fertility journey, but obviously that's what I'm going to be talking about in this topic. You know, there are so many positive outcomes that strong intimacy can have on your life. It's kind of one of those areas that, you know, once it's nurtured and strengthened, it'll, you know, trickle out into other areas of your life for you to see improvements in them, which I will be discussing soon. I guess the next purpose of this episode is to explore how intimacy can be affected whilst on a fertility journey, specifically, um, you know, why looking after and considering your physical and your emotional and your um, spiritual intimacy during this time is vital for your fertility journey um, to bring connection to your partner. The fertility journey can be quite lonely sometimes, you know, when it's not going, I guess, you know, as well as you expected or hoped for it to. So intimacy is super important and we're going to get into that shortly. 
So I want to help you guys as well as, uh, you know, rather than just word vomiting all this information about intimacy, I also want to give you guys some tips on how to not completely forget about the importance of intimacy and ways to keep the chemistry and emotional connection alive in this time of your life, which can be, you know, an incredibly overwhelming, stressful at times. So to begin this episode, I want to first explore what intimacy really means and how there are literally so many different layers to this word. I really think that, you know, you could go into a room, ask a bunch of different people what intimacy means to them, and you're more than likely going to get a bunch of different answers. So to give you an idea of this, I literally just Googled what does intimacy mean, and here are some of the responses I got. So the first one was pretty basic. It just said close, familiar, or friendship, i.e. the intimacy between a husband and wife. Yeah, cool, get that. Then I had a nice one about an intimate room where the room was, you know, cosy, private or relaxed. And then there was a definition about sexual intercourse. So looking at the three different examples I've just given you, you can see that the main definition kind of revolves around being close and private, whether it's a physical or an emotional connection. I also had a look at intimacy as, you know, the overall heading for four different types of intimacy. And this is what I really wanted to talk about in terms of challenging the stigma and shame of talking about intimacy. And I've provided um, the link uh, in the description if you want to read about the four types of intimacy, um, which clinical psychologist Helen Brenner has researched endlessly. This is where I've got um, most of the information about the intimacy with Umbrella. So, yeah, it's a great read if you want to um, learn more. So the four types of intimacy are firstly, the emotional intimacy, which includes talking, you know, and airing out your feelings. It's kind of like, it's the little things you know by saying, I love you, you matter, and listening to your partner discuss their feelings from anything to like having a bad day at work, to feeling excited about something they may have accomplished or something they're struggling with. And I do think emotional intimacy is where we really build the pillars of our relationship. When your partner does those little things, it can make a huge difference to not only your day, but your life. I think it's incredibly easy for couples and partners to become a little too complacent sometimes and just, you know, kind of plod along their day, not really, I guess, engaging with you or, you know, connecting with you on that intimate level. You know, it's so easy to always be busy, always stressed or, you know, always feeling like your partner's, you know, just always going to be there. So, you know, you don't need to remind them that you love them every day and stuff like that. But I think it is crucial to always have your emotional intimacy in the back of your mind, because like I said, the little things can make a huge difference. So the second um, pillar, I guess, under the umbrella um, we have is called the mental intimacy. And so you can look at mental intimacy as this area, as when you and your partner's minds come together. That's the simplest way I can describe it. Now, this can mean a few different things. Um, and one that I think is important is to recognise that we all take things differently and can, I guess, you know, prioritise things over others and, you know, be better at some things than others. So I guess, you know, it's important to just be mindful that you're not expected to be a guru at any of, you know, these areas of intimacy. It's more just recognising that these are the areas and even little steps taken to develop these areas is great. Anyways, back to it. So mental intimacy, um, understanding your partner's cues, understanding their quirks and how they might, you know, cope with different situations. It's just about working together to support each other on their mental endeavours. So, yeah. 
I guess mental intimacy um, from another perspective would be relating to ensure that you're keeping one another in the loop of what's going on in your heads. Um, you know, this can range from being open and connecting with your partner when it comes to you're struggling with your mental health. That's something, you know, that is quite hard to talk about. But, you know, I think it's so powerful when one can share their own struggles with their mental health. And, you know, when you allow someone to, I guess, you know, gain an insight into what's going on in your mind and your struggles, you give yourself permission to let go of the shame around your mental struggles because shame seriously thrives on loneliness. And it's such an incredible feeling to be trusted by your significant other with their struggles and entrusting you to help them to navigate through rather than, you know, doing the typical thing like, you know, bottling it up, which can have some pretty devastating outcomes in some cases. So, yeah, mental intimacy, I guess, at the forefront is really just being vulnerable with each other. You know, mental intimacy, you know, it can also mean sharing the good times with each other and celebrating each other's wins. I think a lot of the time when we hear about mental health, you know, we're taken straight to poor mental health and mental illness. However, you know, it's important to recognise that the good mental health, especially when it comes to you and your partner, is about sharing your happiness and your strengths because, you know, it can be both motivating um, and helping to strengthen both of your mental health, not just your own. The third element of intimacy relates to your spiritual intimacy. I didn't expect to see this one in here, so it was quite interesting. And this, you know, kind of generally covers areas such as your beliefs um, and your religions, those kinds of things. I think when it comes to spiritual intimacy, you know, it's important to remember that it's not about necessarily believing the same things as your partner, but it is about showing your support and care for the other person's beliefs. You know, it can be easy to fall into the idea that you need to believe the same things. You need to do the same things as your partner. You know, those kinds of things that you have to literally be on the same page every waking moment. But that's not the case at all. What builds your spiritual intimacy is more often than not strengthened by you, you know, not having judgment towards their religions. And, you know, letting your partner know that it's okay for them to have their own beliefs, even if it doesn't resonate or align with what you believe. And, you know, same goes for your partner supporting you in that area. You know, it'd be pretty hard to try and develop your relationship when the other person, you know, your partner belittles or makes you feel judged for what you believe in. And, you know, when one feels supported and in a judgment-free environment, it's so much easier to build your connection and your intimacy. So no surprise here, the last element of intimacy is the one that, you know, generally first comes to mind when we hear the word, which is physical intimacy. I feel, I feel you know, really that physical intimacy is strengthened when the, I guess, um, less physical intimacy areas are focused on, you know, the ones we talked about before, the spiritual, um, mental, emotional. And I guess when it comes down to it, physical intimacy isn't just about, you know, sex. It's about, I've talked about it just before, but it's about the small things that make you feel special, such as, you know, when your partner holds your hand, kisses you goodbye, or even the old tapping your ass on the way out. I think these physical aspects of intimacy are super important and really go a long way for success in other physical areas of your intimacy. You know, I'm sure a lot of other women and even some men um, can resonate with the amazing feeling you get when your partner goes out of your way to show you that affection. So you can see just by hearing about the four types of intimacy that I've talked about, that if you look at all these areas, you can see that if you were to work on them collectively, your relationship would be strengthened in so many different ways. 
And I'm just going to speak um, from a female's behalf here. I am just generalising here, but it's good to see that there isn't just a physical side to intimacy, isn't it? Like I myself absolutely love the emotional connection with my partner and I 100% believe because we are so strong in that department, it allows other areas of our relationship to be strong as well. Sure, a lot of other people can resonate with that. So that's intimacy in a nutshell. And now I want to move on to, um, you know, dive into why as a fertility coach, I aim to promote intimacy with my clients and their partners. And yes, not just a physical intimacy, like we've known to believe, it's all the areas I like to support. Because there are so many things to consider when you go on a fertility journey. And I really enjoy trying to give my clients a break from, you know, the eat this, do this, yada, yada kind of coaching. I want to help them build a strong relationship with their partner because this is going to serve them very well with a stressful fertility journey into their conception journey then into their pregnancy and beyond those journeys. I think a lot of the time we put the mental and emotional journeys to the side to focus on the physical things that we should be doing with their health um, to assist with conception. So let's start trying to change that bit by bit. So I guess, you know, there are many, many reasons that intimacy during fertility is important. And the first one I want to discuss relates to the fact that, you know, during a fertility journey, we can become absolutely fixated on that journey, you know, to the point where we lose all our natural communications, all our natural chemistry. And, you know, it can also sometimes create a little bit of resentment Because, you know, more often than not, each person will often look to their pun as just the baby maker. And it's a tough one because fertility journey is intense and it is demanding. But it's working to find that fine line between putting a lot of focus on trying for a baby, but also maintaining your relationship outside of um, just a fertility journey. Especially when, you know, being a mother or a father is your absolute dream. Like, you'll literally do anything to get there. So when the opportunity is there now to reach that goal of yours, it's like, yep, full steam ahead, let's go, let's make this baby. And, you know, I like to promote the idea with clients to just check in with themselves and their partner to make sure that they are also balancing the other areas of their relationship because it is so easy to lose your communication during this time. I mean, it sometimes becomes the, you know, just it's the relationships just changes. It turns from a balanced relationship to a let's just make a baby relationship. You know, you can begin to only talk about the baby making process and forget to ask basic questions of your partner. You know, how's your day? How is this journey actually going for you? Is there anything else I can do to help you? You know, that type of communication. It can be quite overwhelming and it is extremely easy for one or both of you to feel a little, I guess, you know, not important and not as thought about um, when your relationship takes on this new fertility trip. And when our communication is lost amongst the journey, this is where we can get into some real issues. And this is why we need to focus on the emotional, mental and spiritual side of our intimacy with our partners. Because, you know, when we feel like we can't openly talk to our partner about things other than fertility, we can start to suppress our emotions, which can then lead to resentment, which is the bloody last thing you need on this journey. It's stressful enough. I mean, it's natural to occasionally feel like the other party is maybe putting a lot of pressure on you to help make this baby. But we need to remember that our partner doing this might not realise this is the case. And this is when we need to keep that open communication going. 
if there's something's not right and we are not feeling supported, we, ju- we just really need to air that out. Resentment also loves being alone. So if we don't talk about it, it's just going to grow and grow and it's just going to be a struggle that you don't need at this time. So if you haven't guessed already, communication is so important during a fertility journey and beyond. So, you know, communication is important for this fertility journey, but also for your intimacy. You're going to be stressed, you're going to be challenged and sometimes be at your wits end. So by keeping your communication channels open and allowing each other to speak and be heard, you seriously have some great foundations for the journey you're embarking on. Speaking about communications, I think another reason why you need to keep your communication channels open um, and healthy is relating to, I guess you'd call it the rejection that may be associated with the other partner saying no to sex during this time. Like often people think you need to have sex 10 times a day each day of the month to make sure you're covering off all bases to have a baby. All right, one, that's definitely not the case like at all, but that's a topic for another podcast. But when there is that pressure to be having sex all the time, there can be a lot of, I guess, apprehension and fear associated with saying no to this sex. And I mean, I know, you know, having sex is super important to make a baby. Like you literally can't have one without the other. But like sometimes, some nights you might not be in the mood and that's totally okay. And it's not a personal attack. Like it might be easy for people to think that the other person isn't as invested in this um, journey you're going on as you you know, they're not as motivated all the time. But this is where the communication comes in. This is where communication is important. It's important for the person not wanting to have sex to talk openly about why, you know, it could be that they're just absolutely exhausted and had a rough day at work. And maybe they literally have no gas left in the tank to have sex. Or it could be that, you know, object mentality that we talked about before where they feel like their partner isn't connecting emotionally to them. You know, they kind of feel like that object to just give the other person a baby. So it's just as important for the other partner to be open about talking to their partner about them maybe feeling like they're not putting in the effort as they are and, you know, asking the person how they're doing and how you can help them through this journey rather than going straight in for the kill, you know, like, why do you want this as much as me? Do you want this baby like I do? You know, it's probably not the best angle to go down. It's just, it's just such a high stress time. So I stress the importance of cutting yourself some slack and just going back to the basics of speaking kindly and openly to your partner. So our emotional, mental and spiritual intimacy can really play a part in helping one another to not feel like an object, especially during sex on a fertility journey. I mean, you see in the movies all the time when there's a couple in the movie trying to fall pregnant and the female gets home from work, which is all like you, me, bedroom right now. And I mean, we all laugh at those scenes, but that can actually be the reality and can make one of the partners feel actually quite awful. You know, like their partner has kind of lost touch with the other and there's no real, I guess, you know, leading into sex. There's no emotional intimacy during it. And it turns out to kind of be a chore rather than something the two of you actually enjoy. So it's important to keep this in mind and by appreciating that there are other ways to be intimate, you know, like I said before, the little touches, asking how the day was, telling them that you love them, it can go a long, long way in improving your physical intimacy. I highly recommend that you and your partner set up a date night where there is one rule that you're not to speak about fertility or the fertility journey you're on. I know it is hard because it is exciting, stressful, it's very consuming and you do want to, you know, talk about it all the time. 
Um, but, you know, you can make a game out of it. You know, the first person to break the rule, you know, they bring up um, the fertility journey. They have to do your chores for the next day or, I don't know, cook dinner for you or something like that. It kind of lightens the mood. And, hey, if you get a free dinner out of it, then I think it's a win-win situation. I guess speaking about intimacy shouldn't cause shame. However, it often is a case. Shame thrives off of being alone and shame doesn't fare too well when we bring light to it and when we talk about it. The more we bring awareness to the things we feel shame about, the less power the shame will have over us and the more we can support and stand by each other. I really hope this episode has shed some light into the importance of intimacy whilst you're on your fertility journey. And if you'd like to learn more about the Compatible You Training Fertility Program, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at Compatible You Training on Instagram. If you click the link in my bio, you can apply for the waitlist or send me a message if you have any questions at all. I hope you guys have a good rest of the week and I look forward to bringing you next week's episode, hopefully with a less croaky voice. Bye.